Do you hate yourself because of past mistakes? Real life starts now. Welcome to Real Life with Evangelists Ann and Kathleen Lay, where people with real problems find answers in a real God. Welcome to Real Life. I'm your host, Kathleen Light, and joining me is my husband, Evangelist Don Light. Later in the show, you will hear from Desi Escamilla, who was on our previous show, who hated herself for accidentally shooting and killing her boyfriend. You know, when you live a life of survival, it's hard to really recognize the things you've done to really sit and think about it. But I remember when I got married with you, I had a chance to really look back and take time to sort things out and realize, wow, what I've done is not good. And it caused me to really feel bad about myself. And I think that when we start to follow the Lord and get to know Him, He can lift those burdens from us. But if we hold it in on our own self, then we'll continue to feel bad for ourselves, hate ourselves, or have self-pity. Yeah, I think it's so easy to fall into hating ourselves over past mistakes. But we actually should not allow ourselves to get there. We can come to a point where we feel that way, but it's good to push that aside because if you hate yourself and you entertain those thoughts, it's not going to lead to anything good. In the Bible, in 1 John 1, 9, it says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Meaning that, yes, we've made mistakes. Confess them. Bring them to God. But don't allow yourself to hate yourself because God loves you. He's crazy about you. And He actually has the power to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And I think another key of that is to forgive yourself for the things that you've done and say, okay, if Jesus can forgive me, then I have to let myself be released from this. Let's hear from Desi after the break. Real life is made possible by people like you. We'd like to take this opportunity to sincerely thank you for your generous support. We couldn't do it without you. May God bless. Welcome back to Real Life. I'm your host, Kathleen Light, and joining me is my husband, Evangelist Don Light. Hello, everyone. And joining us once again is Desi Escamilla, and she was sharing with us how she was abused by her father, who was an alcoholic. Her uncle sexually abused her when she was only four years old, and she had a very difficult upbringing with her sisters and brothers. And as she was getting older, life was very difficult, and she started to hate men and started to have same-sex attraction and was dating different women. And at one point in her life, she found a guy. There was a guy who really pursued her. She started dating him, fell in love, got pregnant, And this particular guy, they were ditching school one day and there was a gun on his bed. And she said, why do you have this gun? And basically he had it for his protection. And she picked up the gun and accidentally shot and killed her boyfriend. And we were talking to her about the guilt and the shame she felt. So let's welcome to the show, Desi. Thanks for being with us. Thank you for having me, Kathleen. Now, I know it just seems so hopeless from what I've shared, but you actually ended up hearing the audible voice of God. And we're going to talk about that as we go along. But I want to continue with where we left off. What was your next step? Because you have a baby in your womb and its father just passed away. Tell me a little bit about where you were at in that moment. What happened is I remember being taken to, of course, a police station. They interviewed me and then that's it. My sister came and picked me up. I went home. I remember walking into my house and I thought it was just like a dream. And my mom, for the first time ever, ever, she held me. And I remember feeling like, wow, it took this for her to hug me. And I remember Mm. crying, you know. 
And I remember telling her it was an accident. I was an accident. I remember she never said nothing. I remember going back to my room, but she didn't know I was pregnant. And my dad came to my room a few days later and he said, hey, I found out you're pregnant. And I said, yeah, I think I am. You know, and he said, well, go to the clinic. I remember going to the clinic and it's just the strangest thing. Because I remember walking by a Catholic church and I just ran in there and I just got on my knees. And I said, why am I doing this? It was the weirdest thing. And I remember saying, help me, just help me. You know, and I walked out, I went to the clinic, you know, I was pregnant. My dad told my mom and she never spoke to me again, ever. So I lived in my room. And every time my mom would come, I would run back to the room and close the door. And I remember as my stomach would get bigger and bigger, I was so scared because she hated me. Mm-hmm. You know, they wanted me to abort it. My parents, mm-hmm. they were like, nobody has to know nobody. I remember shoving my stomach in and I was saying, I want you to grow, but I don't want the stomach to show. Right. I was afraid. She never would look at me. I remember wanting to go to the door and open it. And she said, get in your room. So I lived in the room and I might as well be in prison. I wanted to be in prison. Wow. I wanted them to arrest me and they wouldn't. They would not arrest me, you know. And I remember backing up a little bit at the funeral. My parents didn't go with me. It was just my friends from high school, you know. Mm-hmm. A bunch of 15-year-olds, Kathleen. This is 15, 16-year-olds going with me. And I remember walking in and he was in the coffin and the dad told me, look, you did that to my son. You put him in that box. And I said, I know I did. I know I did. Mm. They had to pull me out of the funeral home because people started calling me a killer. You know, so my friends carried me out of there. And I go home and my best friend came to live with me for a while. She was watching over me because I wanted to die. And I remember crying. I couldn't, I wasn't even allowed to cry. They never talked to me about it again or nothing until the baby was born, you know, and then eventually as she got a little older, I remember them wanting to take her away. There was a priest that went to the hospital and threw holy water on her and they were asking for me to give her away. And I was like, I can't. This is my daughter. I just can't. Wow. Before you go forward, I do want to step back because I think it's really amazing that the mother of the boy that you shot accidentally and he was killed came to you and forgave you. Like that is just an amazing thing. Can you tell me about that? I remember the mom telling me she forgives me. She told me she forgives me, that she knows that he loved me and that it was an accident. He told me, I know how much you've been abused. Miguel told her everything that I had been through since I was four. And I'm going to take care of you, she told me. She would pick me up on the weekends and take me with her. Just She was afraid they would hit me or beat me and kill the baby. It was so scary, Kathleen. My life was just one thing after another. Right. And what a torment at such an age. You had really no support, but you did in a sense with his mom, which was in a way a little piece of hope. And you had this beautiful baby and you're taking care of this child, but the guilt continued to drive you further to where you started to escape into drugs and alcohol and into addictions. Can you tell me about that? What happened is I was staying at home and just being in the home mom. They didn't allow me to go back to school. So, you know, they said, you have to take care of your child, stay home. And then like when she was two, I began to just venture off again. You know, I started clubbing, going back to the gay scene and I felt that was it. This was my comfort thing. I didn't want a man to touch me ever. I was done. I hated men. And then I figured the only one that I loved died. So I didn't want men anymore. My drinking was so severe. I began to do drugs. I began to pop pills. It just spiraled downhill so bad. I mean, I remember my throat. I was drinking so much liquor every day that even parts of my throat, my skin would fall off. You know, as the years gone on and on, it was just so bad. I couldn't stop anymore. And I didn't care to stop anymore. 
Mm -hmm. I just didn't care. I didn't know who I was anymore. I was a dying person inside. Yeah. I just felt there's no hope. I've always heard the worst sin is killing somebody. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, I've already done the worst. Yeah. I've already done the worst. Wow. And you hated yourself. You hated yourself so much I, to the I point did. where even though you were having same-sex relationships, you started with these drugs and you started hooking up with different guys. You even got pregnant and said, uh, forget it, who cares? And you ended up having abortions at the same time. Yeah, what happened, Catherine, is that I was trying to find myself and I wanted to be accepted from my mom and dad. Every family gathering, everything, it was like walking with my head down. You know, I was the bad one. I was the one that killed somebody. So I remember thinking, what do I do to find acceptance? So I'm like, okay, I'll just, you know, I'll just marry a man to get acceptance. I met this guy, you know, and I told him, I'm gay, I'm gay, I'm, you know, I'm a lesbian. And he told me, no, you've just been so hurt. You've been so abused. Every time I got drunk, I told everybody my story at the bar. It was a drunk mess, you know, and he started falling in love with me and I ended up, okay, let me just marry him to get out. Yeah. And that's who I married, but I was in a deep depression, got pregnant. I remember I felt like he was raping me. I had a couple abortions from him and it was so bad. I couldn't stop anymore, Kathleen. There's no way. How can you stop? Mm. You're already killing more people. The second abortion, I remember just going on my own. And I remember wanting to be awake because I wanted to suffer. I wanted to hear the machines. And I think I was up three months already. And I said, just do it. I didn't even care anymore. I became so numb. Mm. And full of self-hate, it seems like you hated yourself. I hated myself like you could not imagine. Wow. I was nothing, nothing. Mm. I hated myself. You know, there are people who hate themselves. And I know I went through that in my life where I just hated myself. And sometimes it doesn't even take as much as what you went through for people to just feel that way. Yeah. And, you know, there's power to the story because though we've been talking about the hardships, it just seems like it's gone from bad to worse in your life. Yes. There is hope. So if you're listening, we want you to hear the next show because this is where we're going to share about this audible voice that you heard, a powerful encounter that actually brought you a whole new life, the voice of God. And we're going to pray for you if you're listening right now and you just hate yourself or you hate the things you've done and you've been through a hard time and you just want out, but there's no way for you to get out. We want to pray for you because we know that there is hope. Yes. When people arrive to the place where they hate themselves because of who they feel that they are, it's a very dark place. And sometimes this question arises, how did I get here? How did I arrive in this place? How can I have any hope? Mm -hmm. I want to answer to that person because when you really look at the traces of where people arrive in this place, there's usually that condemning voice, the condemning voice that comes from the guilt telling you that you're a horrible person because of the things you've done. Mm -hmm. And it's so easy to come to that spot. We all have been there no matter what you've done. And what do you do when you come to that place? Well, the Bible really puts it out there that God is not condemning you, that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came not to condemn the world, but to save it. Even if you came to a place where you don't care anymore, you're destroying everything around you, whatever it is, God loves you. Mm -hmm. He came for you. Jesus, I'm praying for that person who's saying right now, that's me, Jesus. That is me. I hate myself. Deliver me from this hatred and this guilt. And I sense someone right now needs to receive the forgiveness from God and needs to forgive themselves. Jesus, we receive that forgiveness 
and help us to forgive ourselves. Help us to come to a point where we stop all the damage and we can say, God, I surrender to you. We ask for this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you all. Thank you so much for tuning in. You're listening to Real Life. 